You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have a phenomenal episode for you today. We are joined by Iowa basketball player Patrick McCaffrey. Before we get into that, though, after you get done with listening to the show, if you want to listen to some more Locked On content, you should join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikima and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Now, with that being said, if you like the show... If you haven't listened to other shows, definitely check those out. We do a phenomenal show every single Monday through Friday. We also had former or Iowa baseball commit Blake Guerin on yesterday. We had Celia Palermo from WQAD talking about some Iowa football earlier in this week. And we have great interviews coming up next week as well. So make sure to give us a five-star review and follow us wherever you downloaded this episode at. With all that being said, though, let's hop into our interview with Patrick McCaffrey right now. All right, I'm honored to be joined here by Patrick McCaffrey. Patrick, how you doing today, bud? I'm pretty good. How about you? Doing well, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. It's Sunday, but uh, we're, we're getting by. Um, obviously, appreciate you hopping on the show. Want to just talk about how you're progressing, obviously, this past season a little bit, and then hop into to next season. We'll just kick it off. I mean, you're in the offseason now. What are you trying to improve on for your game going into year three in the Iowa program? Um, I would say a lot of that has to do with just strength. I'd say I, saw after, I made a big jump in that regard last year just in terms of my body, but I think I can still make another, take another step in that. Um, something else that I think I need to work on was my con- conditioning. I was getting tired a lot during games this year. So that's something else. And then um, lastly, I would say just like kind of my overall skill set, just offensively, like just kind of working on my ball handling, my shooting. Cause it's like, I feel like I was able to do like show flashes of what I can do with the ball in my hands. But I think like I need to just keep working to get more consistent with all that. And then, like, the conditioning also kind of plays into what I can do defensively. Yeah. Like, just kind of being in a stance more and using my, my, my length and my athleticism, my advantage to be able to really be a, a good defensive player at this level. I love it, man. How, how much of the, the conditioning do you feel like is still some reciprocal effects from, like, the, the cancer treatment and whatnot? Um, so, like, that, that's kind of a hard question to answer because – I don't really like because I was young when it happened, so I don't really know what it was like otherwise. Like that's what really makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's like, like I think some of it has to do with that. Like I'm sure, I'm sure it plays a role. It kind of plays a role in everything that happens in my life. But then also, like I think also it has to do with that I got heavier. Like I'm like 25 pounds heavier than I've ever (laughs) been. Like I was like, like I think I was like 176 when I first got here, and like now I'm like like 201. So it's like I'm just heavier. And then I think that also has something to do with it. And then just like kind of, you know, getting used to the pace of the college game and like kind of like how I play, like I run, like I, I jump. And so it's like a really like high energy style of play. So I think that also kind of plays a role in it as well. Yeah, it can definitely be very taxing. One of the things I noticed about you, and correct me if you don't agree with this, you do a fantastic job at getting to the rim. And sometimes um, finishing can be a little bit challenging with so many good bigs in the Big Ten. Is that something you're also working on as well? Yeah, and I feel like that's something that I got better with as the season went on. Agreed. It's like, and, and like finishing something that like I, like at any level of basketball, that's always been something that I've been pretty good at is like making making shots around the basket. So I think, and I think throughout the year, I got better with that. It's just like you just kind of gotta like 
just be out there a little bit and just kind of get your feet wet. And then like the game slows down and then things like that get easier and just come more natural. So I feel like that's, but yes, I would agree that like, that's something that I've, I've worked on more so, but cause it's something I never really had to work on before. Cause I've always been pretty good at it. Yeah. But now like, yes, I'm definitely working at it. Makes sense. Um, I do want to take a, about a five year step back. So you played at Iowa city West and mm-hmm. you guys won some state titles. That was awesome. Um, you played Newton high school. So I'm from Newton originally. And Newton okay. has been to one state tournament in the last 45 years. And of course the draw we get is the freaking McCaffrey brothers at Iowa city West. So that was, that was very frustrating. I'm like, this is, this is really the team we, this is, this is fantastic. Great. Yeah. But out of that state tournament, were they one of the tougher teams you played? I mean, they, they actually played you guys pretty well. No, they played us very well. And that was probably like from my, cause my freshman year I played sparingly, but my sophomore year through throughout the rest of my career, I played like the whole game. Yep. But um, that was probably my worst game, like, in that, like, whole stretch. Like, because I was I was in foul trouble and, like, just never really could get anything going. And, like, they were so disciplined, I remember. Like, they ran a million plays. Like, they were really <laughs> disciplined defensively. They didn't make any mistakes. No, they were definitely – and I think if you look at the scores, like, from the tournament, like, that we, we won that game. Like, we won – I think we ended up winning by, like, maybe five or six. I don't know off the top of my head, but it was very close. Yep. And then we won the semifinal by like 30 and then we won the final by, I, I don't, I don't know. I think we won by like like 15 to 20. So it's like, yeah, I mean, obviously if you look at it that way, they were definitely our <laughs> closest game. Like they were, and I remember like, like they had Sturts and Golson and they were both really good players and like they were making crazy shots and they had a lot of really good, like, like role players too. That was a really good team. So yes, I would, yeah, that was definitely probably the hardest team that we played that state tournament. Yeah, man. Moral victories suck, but uh, it was it was nice. At least they played pretty well against y'all. But I was very frustrated when we got. I was like, do we really get in Iowa City West? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I remember after that game, we're standing there, and so like the whole city of Newton was there. Like, yeah, man, they get out, dude. Oh, <laughs> like they filled the whole side of Wells Fargo, and so it's like at like at the state tournament, like after you win your first game or lose your first game, you're supposed to stay on the court and the other team gets like a participation trophy. So we're supposed to stay out there and like clap or whatever. And I just remember like some Newton fan is screaming like, get off the court, Iowa City. It's like, bro, like we're supposed to be out here. Like, yeah. you, like they're making us stay out here. And he's screaming at us trying to get us off the court. And for some reason, that's like one of the first things that comes to mind like when I think of that game. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah, um, Newton fans can be a bit ruthless. I will say there was a time uh, we were playing Tyler Sash and when he was playing basketball and whatnot. And our insult to him, we just said NFL, right? Like for how was that an insult? I'm like, is that supposed to be And apparently he looked over to our coach and said, watch this. And then just lit us up for the entire yeah. game. Just tore us apart. <laughs> He's a, like, from what I heard, he was a phenomenal basketball player. He was, dude. He was so good. So yeah. athletic. But. No, I actually got like pretty like I got like uh, like we like I was in contact with him a decent amount like before everything happened. Yeah, and like like that, he was he was a great dude, man. That's so so sad what happened to him. Like I yeah. really I really liked him. Dude, that was uh that was a weird a weird passing. Uh, not yeah, definitely definitely hurt a little bit different than you see other people. And not that like anything else doesn't matter, but like Sash going was definitely a, definitely a couple sad days for me for sure. For sure, me too. I was that was, that was so sad. Yeah, man. Um, let's get to some, let's get to some happier stuff though. So, uh, it's, well, I guess we're going to have to backtrack some not happy. So the tournament, we get in the tournament, Iowa has big expectations. You take down, um, Grand Canyon, uh, which is awesome. You get into Oregon though. What, what happened at that, that Oregon game that went wrong? What went right? Um, 
And also, do you feel like Oregon was maybe underseeded? You win the Pac-12, maybe you shouldn't be a six seed, right? Like that's probably not the best draw Iowa could have gotten out of all the teams. But I want to get your thoughts on the Oregon game quickly. Yeah, I mean, like though. So just um, like I'm not, I'm not type of dude to admit, like sit here and make excuses and yeah. and complain about like seeding or whatever. But like, yes, I think you're 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 absolutely right when you're saying like if you win a Power Five league, like how are you a seven? Like that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I think you saw that the whole throughout the whole tournament, the Pac-12 was really underseeded. Like that they they played they played really well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't like that game. That game's been hard to kind of like process. It definitely took me like a little bit to try to try to figure it out. A lot of the NCAA tournament, what it comes down to is matchups. And so it's like like we would like fare better against different teams than we would against Oregon just because of like they play five guards and like they can spread us out. And like our like our team isn't really like we weren't like built the same way, and so then it's like okay, like if they make shots, like it's hard to be because there's so much space, yeah. Like there's so much everything like that, and like they can really spread us out, and so it's like it just it's harder to defend like a team like that, and then and then if they make threes, that extends the space, and it gives them more space to kind of operate and everything like that, and like once they got going, like it was it was really hard to stop, like they they just they just kept making shots and everything like that. And our defense obviously could have been better, but our offense, like our offense was good. Luca had a lot, obviously, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a hard game. It was just a really tough matchup for us just with how that team was built and then how we were built. And then if they're making shots like that, obviously makes it all the more tough, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. You can say they're underseated. I would, I would agree with that, but we just, we just didn't play well enough to win. And like, it's just, you, we, we, you have to do, you have to play well, like obviously you have to play well enough to win the NCAA tournament. Yeah. We just didn't do what we needed to do in order to do that. All right. I want to quickly pause the conversation with Patrick. I hope you are enjoying it as much as I enjoyed it. I do want to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Last weekend was a blast. We had the NFL draft and the Kentucky Derby, which you could bet on at betonline.ag, but they don't just stop there. They got literally everything, MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA. They even got bets on Princess, is it Princess Megan and Prince Harry? I don't know. They got bets on literally everything, including royal families, presidents, you name it. You can bet on it at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news and sign-up bonuses and contest information and sign up for your free account today. That's right. You get a free account. We got one better for you. You can actually get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up at betonline.ag using that promo code locked on. The promo code is locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I mean, that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament, man. Every game matters. Every game counts. I think your, you know, your dad talked a lot about it as well. Not overlooking a 15 seed as well. I mean, that was a good, exactly. that was a good 15 seed. So they um, were a very good 15 seed. They had size. Yeah. They had good guard play. Like that was a very good 15 seed. And it just, it all comes down to matchups. Like it's just, and you see that throughout other games too. It's like if other teams, like Oral Roberts, how were they at 15? Those two, those two dudes that they had, yeah. Ace Miss and O'Banner were just as good as anybody in the tournament. Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of how, especially in a COVID year, it's just a weird year. But, yeah, it's just a lot. All of it comes down to matchups and how you can guard different people and just different, like, yeah, just different matchups and everything like that. Yeah, man. You mentioned the fact that defense was an issue against Oregon. Obviously, they put up a lot of points. Um, defense has 
typically been a sore subject when it comes to Iowa fans and Iowa basketball. Um, some justified, some not so justified, right? I mean, the pace of play that Iowa plays is going to make it tough to hold opponents to a lower level of scoring. Um, but as far as defensive, you know, defensively speaking goes, what can Iowa improve on going into next year defensively? And can they be, can Iowa be a better defensive squad next year, given the, the players that are going to be returning? I really felt like that second unit was pretty darn solid from a defensive perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it, like, I think it starts with on the ball defense, like not getting beat. Cause then it's like, cause then you have to help. And it's like, obviously we know we're going to have to help, but I think a lot of it just starts with our on ball defense overall and just kind of putting more broad pressure on the ball and making people uncomfortable with that. And I think that we'll be able to do a good job next year of doing that and trying to kind of, you know, just get better in that regard and just kind of really get after teams defensively. I think we have the roster next year to really be a good defensive team. We have length, we have athletic guard play. Like, I think I think we have a chance to be a really good defensive team. So I think a lot of it just starts with ball pressure and just on-ball defense and not getting – because then because then the help gets overextended and whatever, and then every, and we get messed up. So it's just – I think a lot of it just comes down to our on-ball defense. And then obviously with the way the game is now, ball screen defense is obviously really big as well. So a lot of it just has to do with, you know, getting over the screen so the big doesn't get dragged. And so then like, so then the big can get back and so then we don't have to help that much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a lot of it just comes down to on ball defense and ball screen defense. So just kind of keeping our big men like out of that situation where they have to be switched onto a guard or whatever. But I think next year we're going to have a, a, a long athletic team. So I think we'll be able to switch a lot of that stuff and we'll do a lot of uh, good stuff defensively. I feel like. Yeah, man, I was, I was trying to go through what the projected lineups could be. And I feel like Fran has, a lot of combos he could use that could really mess with some teams. I mean, you look at what you have at that, I would argue like the three, four spot between you, Keegan, Chris, Connor, uh, Philippe at this point. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. a lot of length and a lot of athletic length that can move and guard some quicker guys. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, tell me about why Iowa fans should be excited for next year, though, man, because obviously I'm pumped. I think this team will definitely be a different look, right? You don't have Luca. We probably don't have Joe. We're not sure about Jordan. You definitely don't have CJ coming back. What should, you know, what are, what, why should Iowa fans be super excited about this upcoming year? And kind of what do you feel like is going to be the strength of this team going into next season? I think a lot of it, like, like we play really hard. Like, I think that has something to do, like Tony Perkins plays really hard. Like Keegan Murray plays really hard. Aaron Ewell Joe Toussaint. Like you go on down the line, Chris Murray, they, they all play really hard. So I think that's something like, that's obviously like a really good place to start. Yeah. And, you know, we don't, like you said, like we lost a lot of shot, like we lost a lot of shot makers. We don't know about J-Bo yet, but we lost a lot of different guys. But I think we also have, like, I think also our team, we have guys that are more capable on offense than the fans might have seen last year. Like, I think we have a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things with the ball. And when you see, like, like with increased minutes, increased touches, like, you'll see that, like, the, the guys are more capable with the ball than you might think you might have thought, like, last year. But yeah, like we, there's a lot of opportunity out there for all of us to go take. And I think we're going to be different. I think we're going to like, we'll press a lot and we'll just really try to push the pace offensively as well. Like get run really hard on makes and misses. So I think like we're going to be a really long athletic team. That's going to be really good in transition. And I still think we still have enough guys that are skilled enough offensively to be capable in the half court. And obviously Philippe is a big uh, like addition for that. Like just having a skilled big man. But yeah, no, we, we we definitely have a lot of I think we still have a ton of talent returning and like guys that maybe weren't like and I think a lot of it also has to do we have a lot of guys with chips on our shoulders. Like we 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 see what people are saying, we know what people think about like our team. It's like well you lose that well, you lose everybody. Yeah. Like obviously we lose the national player of the year, we lose Joe Wieskamp, who's one of the best three men in the Big Ten. Like 
might lose CJ, might lose Jabo. We don't know, but it's like we have a lot of guys with chip on our shoulder. We have a lot of guys that feel like they were probably overlooked when they when they came here. Guys like the twins, guys like Tony, guys like Aaron, guys like Joe T. So it's like I feel like we have a lot of guys that felt that they were overlooked, and and a lot of guys that want to want that are out here trying to prove something. So I think that's something that we'll be able to do. Yeah, man, that, that was a lot to unpack there. I think I have about five follow-up questions to all of that. Um, <laughs> so let me, uh, I want quickly want to hit on the Keegan and Chris thing. So I've actually spoken with Kenyon and he's talked about the variations between Keegan and Chris's game, but also the fact that they're not that far off from each other. People look at what Keegan did this year and say, wow, that's amazing, right? He's mocked in the first round of next year's draft. I'm like, can Chris play basketball very well? Like Chris is, Chris is right there, right? He's, yeah. he's right there. I also find it interesting if, I would love to go back and look up Twitter when Keegan and Chris accepted scholarship offers University of Iowa and then just start roasting every single one of those people because people yeah. were not happy about that. And then look what they did. And I think it, you, what you speak to is amazing. The, the chip on your shoulder. If you look at how you guys played two years ago, I feel like that was prime chip on our shoulder. We don't care mm -hmm. about anyone. We're pissed off at everyone. And I love yeah. that about the Iowa basketball team and how you guys carry yourself. So that was just, I guess, a quick little rant for me. Any thoughts on that? And then I'll get into my actual questions. No, yeah. I mean, like, Keegan and Chris, it's so funny because I grew up, like, playing against them. And then, like, it was weird because, like, like freshman year, I don't think they played varsity. But sophomore year, they they played and, like – but they were small. They were just shooters. That's all they did. They would come in and they shoot threes because they were small. Junior year, they grew. They did a little more stuff, like, off the bounce, one of the rim. And then by senior year, like, I'm looking, like, at, with them eye to eye. I'm like, yo, like, they grew a lot. And I was like, these dudes are cold. Like, they're good. And then I played in an all-star game with them at Kirkwood. And I remember I was just sitting on the bench. Like, I think I was sitting in between them. And I just talked to both of them, like, the whole, like, for so long, just about, like, what they were going to do next year. And they were telling me, like, oh, like, they were telling me about the prep school option and everything like that. And I was, like, I, like, I feel like Iowa kids don't utilize prep schools as much as they could. And obviously benefited, like, the Murray Twins. It benefited David DeLeo, if you remember yep. him. Like, yep. he played at Central Michigan from my high school. Like, so it's been good for some of these guys. And so it's like, I, I told him, like, I was always a big proponent of prep school. And so I was like, no, like, yeah, go do that. Like, go, like, spend a year, just work on your game, work on your body. And I promise you, you'll have so many different, like, looks, especially, like, just being exposed to a new area, like, of all that. Like, you'll have so many more options. And so that's what they did. And they really worked on their body. And I remember my dad asked me, like, about them. And I was like, they're, I think they're both really good. And I think they're both good enough to play here. I was like, they're long athletic. They can shoot it. They can rebound. Like, I think like, it's like, why, why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. And that's what, like, I remember like, like texting with just my friends or whatever, when people were complaining after they committed, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, they're six, <laughs> nine long athletic wings who can shoot the piss out of it. Like who, who doesn't want that? Like, yeah. who, who, <laughs> like who wouldn't want that long versatile athletes who can shoot and dribble and pass too. And so then it's like, obviously Keegan made them eat their words this year. And I think Chris will get a chance to do that too. It's funny because they're twins, but the, and like, they look the, like they're identical twins, yeah. but like they look a little different. Like once you get to know them and, the, and their personalities are different and like, and they play different, like Keegan, I would say is more inside oriented. Whereas Chris is more like a three man, but yeah, no. And I think Chris is going to have a really good career too and have a similar type of impact that Keegan had this year. And then Keegan's just going to keep improving. And I think Chris will do the same. All right, y'all, one more pause of the conversation with Patrick. I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. 
They have so many delicious flavors, mint brownie, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's literally something for everyone, whether you want something sweet or fruity, they got you covered. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They got nut and non-nut options as well. But not only are these bars delicious, they're good for you too. One of my favorite bars, the mint brownie, has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Literally, candy bar and delicious and healthy. Why wouldn't you want to take advantage of this delicious snack? I use it every single day, either for breakfast or after my workouts. So right now, if you want to get your hands on a Built Bar, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited about it. You talk about six foot nine men who shoot the piss out of the ball. You just added Philippe Rebraca as well. Um, what is that? I mean, what is that addition like for your team? And um, have you talked to him at all yet to this point? Um, I just reached out to him on Twitter. Like when he committed, I just said like, welcome, bro. Like excited to play with you, whatever. And so then he, and he just responded like, thanks, bro. Like, let's get to work. So I don't I like, and it's hard to find highlights of him. I was looking on yeah. YouTube. I was looking everywhere. I couldn't find nothing. So <laughs> I ended up going to, like, we have a synergy. So I went and found some stuff on him there. So it's like he's obviously incredibly skilled. He can really score on the block. He can really shoot the ball. And he's a really good passer as well. He's a really cerebral player. And I think that fits with, like, what we have because I feel like we have a lot of guys that know how to play the game. Like, we share it. We're unselfish and everything like that. So I think that's somebody who just fits right in with what we're going to do offensively. And then we needed a, a bigger guy for defensive reasons and offensive reasons, but we needed a bigger guy. And so he'll be able to kind of come in and fill that void for us and have a pretty big impact right away. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I was, I was trying to like look up some fill on him as well to see like, what does he actually bring outside of the stat, like the box score, right? Cause I mean, you can look at the mm -hmm. box score, you can see he shoots 36% from three, but what does he actually do in the game? And so I, I got a little bit of stuff and, you know, talked a little bit about it on the show. And I had people legitimately coming in saying, I've watched so much film and he's this, not this. And I was like, where are you getting this film at? Yeah. What they're are you lying. Whoever yeah, said that like, they're lying. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't actually know what you're talking about at this point, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, tell me about the on-court chemistry, though, with you and Joe T. And then obviously factoring in Keegan there, the three of you are going to be in for big time minutes this upcoming year. How does that, how has that chemistry improved and what does it mean for you on the floor? Well, yeah, obviously, Joe T and I, a lot of it starts with, like, kind of how close we are off the court. He's, he's home right now. He's back in New York. But, like, um, we're together 24 hours a day, like, whenever he's here. Like, we do everything together. Like, we're always together. So, and, like, now that he's gone, like, we're on the phone, like, all the time, like, just talking, whatever, texting, all that stuff. But I think a lot of it just starts with off the court. And I know, like, if I run, like, he's looking, like, he's trying to find me because he knows, like, what spots I, I like the ball in and like what, like what I can do with it when I catch it. And another thing about Joe T with me is like, he's, he really like just kind of just puts a lot of confidence into me. Like if I get the ball and I'm open, he's like, shoot it. And he, then he gets mad at me if I don't. And so he just puts a lot of confidence into me, like as a player. And I, obviously somebody who scores the ball, you need to have a lot of confidence and I, I'm pretty confident in myself, but then when your teammates put the same amount of confidence in you, it holds a lot of weight. So it's just kind of something that is, is fun. And then factoring Keegan in too, like it's, 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 it's interesting because we like, we both run the floor very well and we're both like pretty athletic, like wing sort of big players. So like we both catch lobs, we both dunk, like we both do all that. So he fits in right there with Joe T and, and just kind of is able to kind of really like feed off of him. And especially it's fun with guards who really like get after it defensively, like Joe does. 
and so it's easier for guys who like to run because we can get out there and we can go and and then Joe T can get the, like steal the ball and then we're out there and we're going and we're scoring. So it just makes everything so much more fun. Yeah, man, it's a fun era of, of Iowa basketball. Like between you and Keegan slamming home some dunks, I think Jarek Andrewski was putting together some highlights and it was fun just watching some of those. I mean, some of the bounce passes that Joe was throwing to you and just uh, slamming at home was was definitely fun to watch. Um, you also mentioned that there are people on Twitter that can be a bit loud, right? And there are a lot of people mm-hmm. that are talking crap about Iowa basketball all the time. Even when you're doing well, people hate mm-hmm. something. Um, mm-hmm. There's something wrong. How do you block that out or how do you use that as fuel? And um, does it bother you? Because, right, because I mean, it's, if we're being honest here, there's probably, it's probably 10% of fans who are actually yeah. hating on Iowa basketball. But when you're on Twitter, oh. it looks like 100% of them, right? So like, how mm-hmm. do you block that out? How do you handle that? Uh, well, most of the year I, I don't use Twitter. Like, I think I started use like like I was off Twitter. Like, I didn't have Twitter on my phone for a while, so I wasn't looking at anything. Nobody was saying, and I think that's probably that's probably a good way to approach it because it's like a lot of that stuff. Like, people get emotional and like people put money on the games, and I don't know. They might have had something to drink, so they might have just tweeted <laughs> something just crazy. And it's like so it's like they might not have meant it, and it's like everybody gets emotional. Like we get emotional, but it's like at the end of the day, like. I promise you, nobody wants to win more than we do. Yeah. So it's just like, like we're just as disappointed. We're just like, like however, much, however hard it hits you, like it hits us way harder. Like, so it's just kind of something that like you got to take into account. And then also like something that I kind of live by is like you, you don't take criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from. Yep. And like That's no disrespect one. to any of like the armchair coaches or whatever, but it's like. And if you say something to me like that's like positive, like I'll say thank you or whatever, but like I'm not going to like listen to critique critiques on my game from somebody who I don't know or don't trust or like don't have that like accountability with like I'm gonna listen to like my coaches like my friends my family like in terms of that like people who I trust more so than these people so it's like I think a lot of it comes down to just you you don't take criticism from somebody you don't take advice from but then you can also like but other guys use it as is fuel I mean I I do too sometimes more so after the fact, like, 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 I'm just kind of like, okay, like, if you, you don't think I can do this, you don't think I'm big 10 player. I'm only here because my pops, like, like, I'm gonna prove you wrong. So that's just kind of like fuel to my fire. But I think a lot of it is just like, a lot of it is just, you don't take, don't take criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from. I think that's awesome. And dude, the, the crap about you and Connor, I feel like you guys probably get it the worst just because Fran is your dad. That is such such garbage. It's, it's disrespectful to you guys. It's disrespectful to Fran. It's disrespectful to the Iowa basketball program. I mean, in so many ways, but um, mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. You did mention, obviously, playing for your dad. I have to ask this question. I think you might have answered it on the standpoint, but out of the – and then you see, you know, your brother, Jack, is now uh, getting some highlights with uh, Wheezy's little brother as well. Out of mm-hmm. college career slash potential, you got to rank the four of you in order. Fran, Connor, you, and Jack. Who's number one? Who is the worst? Who is two and three? <laughs> That's hard. I would say I would say Jack is probably up there towards the top, either one or two. My dad, my dad, like so. My dad was like a really good high school player. He had a lot of offers from everywhere, and then he went to college and he went to Wake Forest. He had a pretty good freshman year, and then uh, ended up transferring back home to Penn, who went to the Final Four of the year. He had to sit out because he transferred. But um, he was more of a facilitator. He wasn't really a scorer, and they didn't have a three-point line. So he was like – he would be fun to play with, but he, he was like throwing lobs, like behind-the-back passes, like all that. So he's pretty similar to Connor in that way. I think all of us are, are pretty different. Like I would say that my, my dad and Connor are similar, just being like pass-first type players. But then I'm different because I'm like a, a more of a wing, like kind of a scorer. And then Jack is a little different because he's more like – 
he's a scorer too, but he's more so inside oriented because he's really big. So it's like, we're all just different. So I would say like my dad and Connor obviously have played more in college than me and then Jack, but I'd say Jack probably, Jack has a lot of potential. And then I would say like my dad and Connor are right up there too, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to really rank us specifically because <laughs> we're all different. So it's just like, but yeah, no, Jack definitely has a chance, man. The guy, he can shoot it. He's, he's really cerebral. He just, need, he's still kind of growing into his body a little bit, like just kind of getting more athletic and everything like that. But he, he's got a chance, man, to be really good. I was, I was wondering how you're going to talk your way out of actually doing the ranking. I'm impressed. That was, that was good. Uh, how big is Jack? He's like six, 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 seven. He's pretty close to my height. Oh crap. I didn't realize he's that tall already. No, he's, he's huge. He's in eighth grade. Yeah, he's huge. I'm out here just hoping for a growth spurt at the age of 31 to get to six foot, man. And he's already 10 inches tall. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, Sorry, couple... you, still, you still got a chance. It's I never see, over yeah, until it's over. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's ending, man. Um, <laughs> all right. I want to quickly end it. I know we've taken up a lot of your time. It's Sunday, man. But what are your early predictions for next year for the Iowa basketball team? Um, I think we're right back in the NCAA tournament. Like, we're right back in the thick of everything. Like, Maybe we're not going to be like we're not going to have the preseason rankings because we don't got the national player of the year. But I still think that we're going to be able to do some really special things on the court. And I think a lot of like like I said, like we have guys that can prove people wrong. And I think we have a lot of guys that are more capable of things offensively than maybe they were able to show this year. But I think like with our talent and like what we have coming back, there's going to be some growing pains probably but just because we're young and inexperienced. But I still think that we're going to be right back in the thick of things and have, have the potential to make a run in the NCAA tournament. And that's exactly where I want to be. I love Med. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and who is the breakout player for next year? Who's the guy that people are sleeping on that you think is going to just show people? I mean, kind of like Keegan did this year, right? Who's going to be the guy this upcoming year? Um, uh, there's a couple of candidates. I would say like, I would say probably like, I would say Joe Toussaint is probably going to come on the scene. I think Tony Perkins is somebody who's really, really good. And somebody also that I think is really, I think Aaron Euless is, is very, very good as well. And then like, you could throw Chris in there too, but I, somebody I've been really impressed with is Aaron. And so like, I think Aaron's really good. He's a big, he's a taller guard, but he's still really quick and really gets after it defensively. He can get to all of his spots. He's, he's still working on his three ball, but he has a really good mid range jumper, like a really good pull up. Oh, and he's nice. a really good foul shooter. So you can see that he still has like, you can see that he has like the foundation to become a, a very good three point shooter. So I think Aaron is somebody that I've always, I've been really impressed with since he got here. And I think we'll be really good. Awesome, man. All right. So that's, that's it for the main questions. I have a couple fun ones. Um, first Austin Ash versus Jordan Bohannon. Who's winning a three point competition? Uh, I probably, I probably take Austin Ash. Damn. All right. All right. Yeah, no, I think I got to take Austin Ash. I love J Bo. That's my shooter, but I think I got to take Austin Ash. All right, man. What's your favorite restaurant in Iowa city? Pancheros. Poncheros, I eat poncheros like four times a week. But like, if you're talking about like a real restaurant, I would say like Monica's. I love Monica's. Right. I go to Noodles and Company a lot. There's one right by my apartment. But yeah, I would <laughs> say those those three. But Poncheros has been my favorite spot ever since I moved out here. But then Poncheros, and then but as a restaurant, Monica's. Drunk Ponchies is the best, man. I I, I miss that. <laughs> we don't. I'm out here in Denver. We don't really have Poncheros, man. So whenever we get back to the Iowa area, we always try to hit that up. Yeah, no, it's got to be the first spot you go to. That's always the first spot I go to whenever I get back from anywhere is Poncho. Right when we got back from the bubble, that's exactly, that's right where I went. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, we're actually uh, Culver's is one of my favorite places to go back to when I get back to Iowa. And like, we just, like Culver's. there's a Culver's 25 minutes away. And like I said, we're a little we're struggling today, so we're actually driving to Culver's after this. And I'm so pumped, man. Yeah, no, I'd be geeked. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, man. What is your favorite activity outside of basketball? Um, to be honest, like I'm pretty like like I watch like like outside of basketball, I get really tired. So like I just kind of chill in my bed. Like I watch like. I watch Entourage. You ever seen Entourage? Yeah, man. Hell yeah. The show is amazing. I love Entourage. Entourage. But um, I would say like just as far as an activity goes, like just kind of kicking it with my friends, like playing video games, like stuff like that. Um, I like Sky Zone. I think Sky Zone's fun. <laughs> like the place <laughs> with the trampoline park. Dude, Sky but, like, Zone's most a blast. Of my stuff is, is is basketball related. Like I like I'll go to the gym. I'll work out. I'll lift and do all that type of stuff and then like this is a lot of it's just like chilling like just playing video games just just kind of kicking it with your friends watching basketball doing whatever i love man and obviously your goal is to probably play professional basketball if you are unable to play professional basketball or whenever that ultimately does end what is your dream career outside of basketball um i would say like uh so outside of basketball coaching doesn't count I guess you could count coaching. Yeah, just like outside of playing basketball, what would be your career? Yeah. Would it be coaching? <laughs> like, yeah, probably. Like either being a college coach or like maybe. But but I also think that that's a pretty lame answer. So let me think of something better. I appreciate that. Um, I wasn't going to say. I wasn't going to call you out for it, but I was thinking it. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. No, like I can think of something <laughs> better. Uh, like I've always thought like I've always thought about being like a uh, like high school teacher and then like mixing that with like a basketball coach so it's not yeah. like just basketball all the time like I think that's something that I would be interested in but um I'm trying to think what else I could do I don't know probably try to run my own business me and Joe T always talk about how we're going to make our own business and make a bunch of money but we don't really know we don't really have a business idea yet <laughs> we just have all the, all the good stuff planned out of it but um no yeah I would say like a lot of my life is basketball and sports related, but I also like, I love baseball. Like I love football, but so some working in those sports would be fun too, but also like, okay, here's one. <laughs> like being an academic coordinator for student athletes. I think that would be All fun. Right, that'd like, be pretty solid. Kids, like, pick a career and like, yeah. like work with different teachers and different classes and stuff like that. That's something that I think would be fun. Yeah. It combines a couple of different things that you're already, already passionate about. So I like that. Also, I can definitely relate to the, uh, coming up with like, we want to make money. We want to have a business, but not actually like my buddy and I, man, we just, every week we come up with some other dumb idea and then we'll spend like an hour, like trying to buy a website and all these things. We'll create a social media account. And then we just don't ever, I mean, we probably have like 15 of those. So, uh, the thing is, the thing is you actually have ideas. We just, we just <laughs> say, we're going to start a business and we're going to make a ton of money. And like, how we're going to, we always talk about how we're going to have a plane with our faces on it and everything. So everybody's going to know it's our plane, but, but you guys actually have, you guys at least have ideas going for you. We don't even have those yet. We're still working on those. Dude, that's okay. So I have to, I'll tell you this and I gotta, I'll let you go. I know it's Sunday, man. And you're, you're got stuff going on, but we actually so we went to Mexico a week ago and they were, you know, drive, they drove a catamaran. We're like, wow, that'd be really cool to own a boat. And we're like, let's call it boats and bros. And then we started thinking of like, they were like, um, we could get a, a party bus company. We'll call it bus and bros. And we're like, if we have a strip club, it'll be called like, you know, some other things and bros. Right. Like, and I was, yeah. that was basically <laughs> You could just do one big business with all of like, you could have the boats and bros, the bus and bro, yeah. and like put it all together. We even got a graphic already made, man. We, uh, we had a podcast a while back and we had a buddy make us a, it was the most ridiculous graphic, but we have a graphic ready to go and everything, man. It'll be the Embros company. Hey, hey I'm, I'm, I'm with that. If you guys need any help, I'm there. Just, just hit me up. 
appreciate it, man. Well, Patrick, I took up a lot of your time. I really appreciate, obviously, you talking to us about what to expect for Iowa next year. I'm really excited for the team. I hope when people listen to this, they realize what this team returns and how good Iowa basketball can still be, despite what people are perceiving as, you know, huge losses and what, you know, and, and rightfully so, especially when you think about Luca. No, we, have, so we lost Joey. a lot of stuff, lost the like 203s or something from last yeah. year's team. But I mean, I still think that like with our roster, we still have talent and ability and to put ourselves in position to be right back where we were. Yeah. And also it wasn't like your dad didn't realize this was coming, right? He's been building the team to be able to take the next step forward after that. So it's going to be huge. I'm excited for it. Any last words to the fans, man? Just uh, I'm excited to see you guys when we get back to Carver. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. But I never played in front of fans before. <laughs> so, so that's something I'm looking forward to. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I just hope that I think we have a team that you guys can get behind and I'm, I'm just looking forward to next year, man. And I'm ready to, to get my offer Hawkeye nation and just kind of ready to go to work. I love man. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. Have a good day, buddy. Yeah, for sure. You too. All right, y'all, and that wraps up our show today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Patrick. A big shout-out to Patrick for for hopping on and talking to us and being very candid with us about his thoughts about basically everything on the Iowa basketball team. Really enjoyed that conversation. If you want to hear more conversations from Iowa athletes, former Iowa athletes, or just my general thoughts on what is happening in the Iowa Hawkeye athletic community, definitely give us a follow wherever you downloaded this episode at and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate your love and your listenership and your support. Have a fantastic weekend. And before you go, if you want to listen to some more Locked On content, get all the sports news news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast app. Now, that being said, Hawkeye Nation, have a fantastic Friday, a great weekend, and let's go Hawks.